Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 on WQEE, home of Southern Sports, 99.1 FM out of Noonan, Georgia. We have got a great show for you. I'm going to have two guests. The last couple of days, I did shows without a guest, but I'm going to have two guests this time. My first guest that's coming on the show is from 92.9 The Game, John Fricky, one of the most distinct and unique voices in the city of Atlanta, as he has been so passionate about Atlanta sports. I'm going to talk about him about the hiring of Raheem Morris for the Atlanta Falcons, talk a little bit about the Hawks and then the state of college basketball in Georgia. My next guest is the reason why I started a podcast four years ago. He is an old college buddy of mine from Freed Hardman University. He's also the host of a podcast called Tennessee Titans Talk out of Nashville, Tennessee. Nathan Spies joining the show as well. Been real busy, not only with Georgia Alabama Sports Live, but doing the Sports Beat podcast five days a week. Thrip Aaron and I are going to have the Georgia Alabama Sports Live show later tonight featuring Sports Vision's DJ Jones. We're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. It's National Signing Day as we will be at a location later today. And we also have middle school semifinal games I will be calling for Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. Thrip Barringer and I will be doing the boys' semifinal middle school games tomorrow. The Glenwood Lady Gators and Gators both in the Final Four at the Multiplex down in Montgomery. I had Coach Dusty Purdue on the Coach Purdue basketball show last night. And I also was a guest on the Philip Jordan Show. You can catch that on Thursday as we talked a little bit about the Super Bowl. I was just excited to be a guest on the Philip Jordan Show. And this is really my favorite time of the year when we have Super Bowl week. And a lot of people know that I'm a 49ers fan and that I'm very passionate about the team I grew up rooting for that won five Super Bowls all the way until 1994. And I was spoiled as a kid seeing this great team and then they went on a dry spell and then the last couple of years it's been nothing but riches once again I kind of feel like they need to win this Super Bowl to validate Kyle Shanahan as a coach to validate the decision to start Brock Purdy and with the debacle of trading away three first round picks to move up to get Trey Lance it's really going to make everything feel better Because this is a franchise that is in a win-now mode. So the 49ers, which are still a a 1.5 point favorite. That line is dipped from 2.5 to 1.5. Everybody's picking the Chiefs. The money line is all on the Chiefs. And I think that 
a lot of people are rooting against the Chiefs more than they are rooting against the 49ers, and I get that. It's going to be a fun Super Bowl. I can't wait. National Signing Day today, just high schools all over the Chattahoochee Valley are going to have their National Signing Days and really gets overlooked because they do have the early signing period in December. Columbus State Cougars, Lady Cougars in action tonight. The Lumpkin Center taking on Georgia Southwest University. We also had high school basketball last night. Incredible matchups. Some of the teams that I do want to talk about. Let's start with the girls. How about those Jordan Lady Red Jackets? They get the win over Northeast on the road. And right now, they would be in the playoffs. How about the Columbus Lady Blue Devils? They get the win over Crisp County. They are one game out of the playoffs to Thomasville. They could sneak into the playoffs if they can win in the region tournament. The Auburn Tigers, for the girls and the boys, they win the region championship against the Central Red Devils. You have Monroe defeating Carver on the boys' side, 67-53. On the girls' side, Carver ends up going undefeated, and they get the win. Heritage out of Newton, Georgia. They get the 81-39 victory over Brookstone. And then Pacelli just keeps rolling, 69-16 over Westfield School. The Pacelli girls also got the win over Westfield School. And then finally, the Spencer Green Wave. Big road victory over Central Macon, 77-72. The Spencer girls lose to Central Macon which are still undefeated in the region. And so the Spencer Green Wave and Lady Green Wave will take on Ace Charter in Macon this Friday. If the Spencer boys win that game, they will be hosting the region tournament next week. On Friday's show, I'm going to break down all the high school basketball action, the playoff scenarios, and I'm going to recap the rankings that Thrip Barringer and I are going to drop tonight on the Georgia-Alabama Sports Live show. That was a lot to talk about, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the guest. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I'm going to have 92.9 The Game's John Fricky coming on the show. And then after that, I'm going to have Nathan Spies, host of a podcast called Tennessee Titans Talk. You don't want to go anywhere. It is the Sports Beat with Richard Holders presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And I'll be right back. Yeah. Stick around. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Find. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. With your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Fifty feet, turn left. 
Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the Word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. I'm so excited to be here. I hope that you are enjoying the show. I have got just an incredible guest. He's one of the most notable voices when it comes to sports talk radio in Atlanta. He is on 92.9 The Game. He has just been a longtime veteran of sports talk radio, and he's also very passionate and I enjoy hearing his opinions about sports, and he truly loves his Atlanta sports teams. Please welcome to the show John Fricky from 92.9 The Game. John, how are you? I'm doing fine, Richard. How are you? I'm doing great. John, I'm a fan of your work. I love your sports talk and your rants and, and your takes about Atlanta sports. I mean, we've had a lot going on in the city of Atlanta. The Falcons head football coach introduced today in a press conference, Raheem Morris. A lot of Atlanta Falcons fans are very skeptical about the hire. I know a lot of fans wanted Bill Belichick, uh, but in your opinion, what did you think of the hire of uh, Coach Morris again a second time in Atlanta? Well, well, first off, I'll get to that in just a second. I do because you before we started, you asked me if I could turn the camera on. I just wanted to explain why the camera is off. Um, I think anybody that follows me on X or Twitter on Facebook or has heard me on 99 The Game, a couple of months ago, I suffered a pretty bad grand mal seizure. And um, it, when the seizures happen, uh, it's not the seizure itself, it's the fall. And I crack my head open and I have a oh. lot of, yeah, I have a lot of, uh, so my face hasn't healed all the way yet. <laughs> I, I feel fine, don't get me wrong, I, I'm good. It's just I haven't healed up yet from, from the fall, from the seizure, so. If you'll forgive me on that one. Um, so my days of doing television are long over anyway. I, I quit television when I was 43. I walked away from TV at Fox Sports Net when I was out in L.A. And I said, yeah, I think I'm done with this television thing. Because television is a long, dark hole of misery. Uh, and I said, I'm just going to do radio. All right, so back, back to your question here. Um, here's where I stand with Raheem. Um, I, I personally, I, I, you know, I know him some. I, I like him quite a bit. Um, but, but to build Belichick and to Raheem, it's kind of the same thing to me. I think if you're upset that they hired Raheem and not Belichick, I would say to you, what was Bill Belichick with the Browns when he didn't have Brady? What was Bill Belichick with the Patriots when he did have Brady? And what was Bill Belichick with the Patriots when he had Mac Jones? So it really doesn't matter a whole hell of a lot. Circle back to Arthur Smith. What undid Arthur Smith? Was it his inability to coach? No. His inability to select quality players in the draft? No. He got a lot of those. So what did him in? 
what did him in was his decision to to stick with Desmond Ritter at quarterback, and he was convinced that he could win with Ritter. Well, if you don't have a quarterback, I don't care if you're Bill Belichick or Vince Lombardi or Don Shula, you're not winning. It's really dependent upon who Raheem gets a quarterback. If if we get a quarterback in here, you don't have to be the greatest quarterback in the NFL. You just can't be the guy that that loses your games. If he gets a veteran in here, a Russ Wilson, I know that Justin Fields for some people is a kind of a high risk move here. It's not. I think I think it would be a wonderful move. I think him coming home would be great. I'd, I'd love to see it. It may not work. Look, I could be wrong. But it's really about the quarterback position first. I mean, yes, there are seven new starters needed on this team uh, in seven different positions. But you can address some of those in free agency, some of those in the draft. If he gets the right quarterback, this team will win. If he doesn't, guess what? We'll be right back repeating what happened at the end of Dan Quinn and all through Arthur Smith. End of story. Is Coach Morris going to get some time to build this up, or is the Atlanta Falcons in a win-now situation because they have a great team and just need a quarterback? I mean, how much time do you think Raheem Morris is going to get in Atlanta? Well, I mean, he, I'm sure he's under a directive from Arthur Blank. Your 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 baseline, Richard, for next year is you got to make the playoffs. Nothing less is – that's what got Arthur Smith fired. Arthur Smith walked in and said, I can win – uh, with uh, Desmond Ritter quarterback, and Arthur Blank looked at him and said, can you make the playoffs? I can make the playoffs with Desmond Ritter. Well, he didn't, and he got fired because Arthur Blank said, this team is built to win the, the South and make the playoffs now. Well, you know, everybody, remember when we were going into the playoffs, I, one of the things I circle back to is I would say, I want to win the division. And people are like, no, I don't want to win the division. I don't want, we don't, we'd, we'd have to play the Cowboys or the Eagles. we get crying. What happened to the Cowboys and the Eagles? Oh, that's right. They got their kicked, right? I mean, so look, uh, you you play the you play the games to win the games. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. Oh, I'd rather lose. What? Huh? I, I really don't quite understand all that. But you know, then I'm I'm a Kool Aid drinker who drives a bandwagon, so I, I don't quite understand all that. So no, he doesn't have any. There's no grace period here. The, the grace period is you got to make the playoffs. John, this is Super Bowl week, and uh, I can't think of a better guest than to have on talking about the Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Once again, this was the Super Bowl four years ago. For the fans in Atlanta, I mean, there's a love-hate relationship between Kyle Shanahan. A lot of fans blame Kyle Shanahan for blowing the 28-3 in the Super Bowl. And I hate to bring up bad memories of that Super Bowl, but it, Kyle Shanahan will always be linked to that Super Bowl against the Patriots. But you're in Atlanta. You've heard the vibe from the fan base up in Atlanta. I mean, how do they feel about Kyle Shanahan? No, they hate him. <laughs> well, I mean, he did build the the most efficient offense in Falcons history, but lost his playbook before the game, got stolen. Who the hell knows? And then he's up twenty-eight to three and thinks that uh, throwing the ball is going to be a good thing. But look, um, I don't want to rehash twenty-eight to three and everything that went wrong there. I hold no personal grudge against Kyle Shanahan. Very good coach. He got super, incredibly friggin' lucky. He built a great team, but then he made a gigantic mistake, traded up in the draft to take a kid out of North Dakota State named Trey Lance, who stinks beyond words, and then said, well, you know, just as an insurance here, we got the last pick of the draft. Yeah, we'll take that quarterback from Iowa State. What's his name, Purdy? Purdy, we'll take that kid. He got so, so incredibly lucky. 
It's not funny. Now, he did make some really good moves. Obviously, the, the trade for Christian McCaffrey really worked out for him. So, and, uh, you know, he goes into this game. They're underdogs or, or favorites. I guess actually they're favorites, aren't they? Uh, which is a little bit odd, but whatever. He's done a really good job there. I got no dog in this hunt. I was kind of rooting for the Lions for no other reason than because it would have been different. I'm a little bored by this matchup, frankly. I've seen these two teams enough that I would have liked some new blood in there. Plus, I would have loved Eminem flipping off Taylor Swift. I think that would have been cool. But you know, I aside from that, I you know, I I don't uh, I don't really care who wins. It doesn't really matter much to me. If he wins, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna bother me if Kyle Shanahan wins and is holding up a Super Bowl trophy. It just is not something that I I'm gonna spend any any amount of time over. Well, a lot of people are comparing this Kansas City Chiefs dynasty in the 2020s to the Patriots dynasty in the early 2000s. They had a weak division. I, I'm, I'll be honest, the, the Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos, I mean, they have not been good the last couple of years. They've had a brilliant head coach in Andy Reid, a superstar quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and they've gotten a lot of breaks. The dysfunction of Buffalo, uh, Baltimore can't win a home playoff game in the AFC Championship, and they play Super Bowls very closely contested. The Eagles Super Bowl last year, it could have gone either way. The Kadarius Tony punt return really set up Kansas City nicely. They had a 20 to 10 lead. I mean, the 49ers had a 20 to 10 lead on Kansas City the Super Bowl four years ago. And really, it was that Super Bowl where they lost to Tom Brady and the page and the and the Buccaneers that it was a blowout. I mean, so. Do you think that that's a pretty good comparison, the Chiefs of uh, this uh, this decade compared to the Patriots of last uh, uh, in the 2000s? No, it's nowhere near the same. It's just totally different. I mean, both had great head coaches. I, I think I really think Andy Reid is a you know one of the better coaches I think I've seen in my in my life. He's a tremendous tremendous football coach. Uh, so, but yeah, Pat Mahomes is a great 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 player. But there's really no comparison. Uh, the, the Patriots were just – they had – Belichick and, and the Patriots had the luxury of having every kind of star player at the very end of his career, whether it was a Randy Moss or a Junior Seau or a Rodney Harrison, somebody who had one year left in the tank wanted to come play for them, play for a ring. And they used that over and over and over again. And it's what sustained them to a great degree. And their ability to, to – get, uh, you know, the most out of players, you know, that otherwise would have been kind of also ran guys like Amendola or Walker or what have you. Uh, so, no, look, it's it's not really the same thing. Our Chiefs are a great team, but you're not going to see a run like Tom Brady had. It's just that is not going to happen in the in today's NFL. If it, if it did happen, I'd be shocked. I, matter of fact, I think you could argue that as great a run as Tom Brady had, and it was an incredible run, that what the Packers went through for 30 years with uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and almost pulled off with Jordan Love, that that really has been the dominant franchise. In, in, not Super Bowls, I understand, but we're talking about a 30-year run of a franchise that has been ne never bad, ever, which is odd because everybody, everybody gets bad at some point. You have to reset. The Packers never reset in 30 years, and that's just mind-blowing. And so the Falcons are going through a reset right now, not unlike what the Braves went through. Look, the Braves are great for what? 20 some odd i grew up the Braves sucked right and then we got good for a little while in the 80s and then we oh no we suck again it was like rob schneider and Waterboy. and then we had all these young players come up and lo and behold we got a picture the cubs let greg maddox go for some unknown reason now let's just let the Cy Young guy go okay 
And uh, the next thing you know, we're on a 20, 20 year run. And, and then, yeah, oh, we go, oh, wow, no, we suck again. Everybody got old, they retired, and they decided to retool the franchise. And there was, what, a three- or four-year period before this current run where we weren't no good. We were 63 and 99. And suddenly um, suddenly we're good again. And it looks like we're going to be on another 15-year run. So you get a franchise that, that has that. The, the Chiefs are not that franchise because the NFL is not set up that way. That's what makes what the Packers did to me almost even more impressive than what the Patriots did because it was for so it was for three decades. Uh, you don't get back to back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It just it's only happened two or three times in the history of the game. Remember the Niners went from Montana to Young. You know the you know maybe the the Cowboys did it once, but to to do that and get that lucky, nah. I know so my it's a long winded answer to the to the to the fact that with Jim Harbaugh in the division. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to probably retool again in Denver. It's possible Russ Wilson could be leaving Denver. They're probably going to have to eat a lot of money. Russ Wilson may be here. He may be the Falcons quarterback. So uh, I think that division is going to catch up to the Chiefs. John, I want to switch gears and talk about the Atlanta Hawks. 92-9 the game covers all the Hawks games. And pretty much you have the inside on what's going on in Atlanta. And I think that... The Atlanta Hawks, you know, they had a four-game win streak. You know, they lose it really a great offensive battle against the Clippers. And uh, it was good to see DeAndre Hunter back. Uh, but this chemistry between DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, hopefully they, they're hoping that it would work. I mean, do you think the Atlanta Hawks will figure it out? Right now they're in the 10th spot. It looks like they'll get into the play-in game. They could possibly sneak in as the number eight seed and possibly face Boston in the first round of the playoffs, which, by the way, they are playing them tomorrow night in the Boston Garden. Uh, but I mean, what is the frustration with Hawks fans? And think of they, they got all those draft picks traded away to get DeJounte Murray because they wanted another superstar to play alongside Trey Young. But personally, John, I think that they are missing the productivity from John Collins. It is averaging 18 points and 10 rebounds a game. And, I know that uh, they couldn't keep him, but what is really the frustration with Hawks fans? Well, I th I think it's it's bigger than you know Dejounte Murray. It's it's the question is can you build an NBA champion around Trey Young? And uh, I, I know some fans want to to go ahead and bite the bullet and trade Trey and get, you know, three number ones and, and whatnot, uh, four number ones, whatever you, you want to get for him, which you, you can make an argument for, by the way. I'm not in favor of it. I, I'm a huge Trey fan. I'd like to see them build around Trey. But if you were to trade Trey, we, I think we all know what would happen. If you traded Trey to, I don't know, let's say you traded Trey to Milwaukee and you got, uh, you know, three or four number ones. How, how many titles do Trey and Giannis win? And suddenly you're sitting in Atlanta going, wait a minute now. Why didn't we just get Giannis to come here? I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of, that would be my thought too, is go out and get a superstar, you know, go strip the team down and spend whatever it takes to get a, you know, a, a Carl Anthony Towns, get another star in here with Trey. Trey doesn't need a Robin. Trey needs a, he's, if he's Batman, he needs, he needs Superman. He needs a superstar. He needs a big guy down low uh, in a four or five spot that is a difference maker. He needs a Durant. He needs somebody of that nature. He does not need, he does not need a, another guard. That the Dejounte Murray, I think, was a bad move to begin with, and I, well, it cost Travis Schlenk his job. I, I, I personally think Travis Schlenk was opposed was opposed to the deal, uh, and as a result, uh, he didn't want to strip out uh, 
you know, the team. And but they decided that that's what they wanted to do. Uh, so I think the frustration really isn't about what's going on this year. This year is this year. Uh, I think that they'll entertain a trade offer for Dejounte if it's a if it's a really good offer, and kind of admit defeat on that trade. They, they know that, that that there's a ceiling there, but they're going to have to do something if they want to win a world title with Trey Young as their as their star player. They're going to have to really strip at least probably three starters off this team, maybe even four. They ha- might be have to willing to, to part with Jalen Johnson at some point in a major trade to go out and get another big star or two down low and kind of reimagine the team around Trey for Quinn Snyder. I, I think actually that's possible that they may do that. And I think the leading indicator that it would be possible is if they do make a move before Thursday, if they, they lose tomorrow night to the Celtics person probably will. Um, then I would it wouldn't shock me if they made a move on Thursday. They could also decide just to play this year out and make the move at the end of the year. I, I think if they don't make a move Thursday with DeJounte, that doesn't mean they're they're staying. Oh, we're staying with what we got. No, I just think it's we're gonna wait to the end of the year, see if we can get more for our money. But I if I if I were in the position of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, I would uh, if I were Tony Wrestler, I would instruct my management to strip the team out and rebuild it around Trey and give it one more shot for a couple of years. And if it doesn't work then, then I'd trade him. John, and the last thing I want to talk about is college basketball in Georgia. I'm a huge college basketball fan. It's looking like I don't think any Georgia teams are going to get in the NCAA tournament, which is very unfortunate because we have a lot of talent in the state of Georgia when it comes to basketball. You've covered sports here in Georgia for a while. You've seen Georgia making it to the Final Four in 1983, the Tubby Smith Georgia team in 96 making it to the Sweet 16, or the 85 Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets team going to the Elite Eight, the 04 uh, going to the championship, the 91 going to the Final Four, Kennesaw State making it to the NCAA tournament last year. I mean, why isn't college basketball bigger in the state of Georgia? Coaching, you know, Bobby Kremens had some damn bad luck. But you look at the players that he put through that program. I mean, I don't think some fans realize, and pardon me, if you go to the Hall of Fame, younger fans, I'd almost encourage you to go to over to Georgia Tech, over to uh, to Grant Field and go through the Hall of Fame to Bobby Dodd Stadium. I'm not really sure they realize, you know, who, who went through that program once Stan Morrison was fired and Bobby Kremens was hired in terms of Kenny Anderson and Stephon Marbury. And I'm not even talking about Jared Jack and Paul Hewitt and those guys. I'm just talking about the Kremens years. You know, and, and you went through Mark Price and and on and on and on. I mean, they have just John Sally and Dennis Scott. And I mean, the number of NBA stars and, and superstars, Tom Hammonds, it just, the list is so long, I, I'll leave people out. Chris Bosch. I mean, it's just enormous, uh, you know, in terms of what Georgia Tech had and that Bobby Kermans couldn't get it all to coalesce. There were a couple of years in the 80s where, Bobby had the best team in the nation and they just, they blew a game against Georgetown and it was like, Oh my God, what are you guys doing? You're better than they they were the best team in the nation and they just couldn't win a national title. It's really just about coaches because the talents here, everybody knows about the high school football talent in Atlanta. You need to know about the high school baseball talent that's in Atlanta, which is enormous too. Then you need to know about and look at what George and George Tech have managed to be pretty good baseball programs over the years and their runs to the College World Series and whatnot. Um, and then you look at basketball, and the basketball talent here is great. And 
you know, Tom Crean got Ant-Man to come to, to Georgia, but they really haven't done a great job of keeping the great players here. Great players tend to leave, and th- that's a coaching issue. Now, will Damon Stoudemire ch- change that uh, at, uh, at Georgia Tech? I, I, I hope so. Will, will, will Mike White do that at Georgia? I guess I hope so. But they haven't been able to quite grasp that, and lack of star coaches has been a problem at both schools. And so I, I think if it, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens in college football, because I truly believe we're going to super conference faster than everybody realizes the big 10 and the sec are going to get together here. Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the big 10, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the sec, they're going to be meeting in short order here in the next, I think month or so. <clears throat> Again, pardon me. I've got a cold. <clears throat> and, um, and they're going to form an advisory committee, advisory committee being a, a joint thing between the Big Ten and the SEC to begin the process of what will be those two leagues merging. And they're going to merge into Super Conference with 34 teams. They're going to invite another 14 or however many, maybe maybe go to 48, maybe go to 56, and uh, reset college football and not be under the NCAA flag anymore. And they're going to be Super Conference, whatever they call it, College Football Association, whatever they're going to call it and uh, redo all the television contracts, make more money than God, and and we're going to have this Super League, which is fine. I mean, I, I, I've been asking for it for a long time anyway. I think they ought to do it. How does it affect basketball is the big story here. Because if you're not in the Super League, right, if you're not in the Super League, um, then you're, you're going to be losing out on a lot of money because the, the Super coverage, like, I'll give you an example. Why does Florida State want so, out of the ACC so bad? Same reason Georgia Tech ought to get out of the ACC. Florida State's going to make, well, $30 million maybe in the new in their new television contract. Well, that's a lot of money, John. Northwestern and Rutgers are going to make $100 million a year. They're going to make $100 million a year. Florida State's negative $70 million a year, year over year over year over year over year to Northwestern and Rutgers. Forget about Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, Penn State, anybody else. That's that's $700 million in 10 years. What kind of a coach can you hire when somebody else has got $700 million and you don't? And so it's it's about spending the money. Look, you got to invest in your program. I, Stoudemire, I'm going to give him every opportunity here. But if Georgia Tech was going to ch- change out from, from Pastner, if they can't get into the Super League of football, the, 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 the amount of money they're going to have to be able to hire a head coach, you got to go out and find your version of, uh, of Bill Self. You've got to go out and hire you know, your version of Tom Izzo. You've got to go out and hire the best coach you can get in the nation. Mark Few doesn't want to leave Gonzaga. I get that. But you've got to go out and hire a superstar coach to come in and change. The, you've got to change the image here. Uh, Tech got very lucky by hiring Bobby Carmen's out of Appalachian. Very, very lucky. Uh, but you don't get that kind of luck. Uh, if you've got a great coach, you've got a great program. Uh, it's That's true of anything in college. If you have the best coach in, in volleyball, you have the best team in volleyball. If you have the best coach in soccer, you've got the best team in soccer. And if you've got the best coach in football, guess what? you got the best team in football. Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney aren't the best coaches because their teams are good. Their teams are great because they're the best coaches. And so when you've got a great coach, this is why Urban Meyer still sits out there and everybody looks at Urban Meyer and goes, all right, he's going to coach again because somebody's going to pay him an ungodly amount of money. And wherever he goes, he could go to 
pick like the worst team you could think of in Division One football. I he could all right. Urban Meyer could go to Vanderbilt and turn Vanderbilt into an eight or nine win team. Why? Because he's Urban Meyer, and he's going to get players out of Atlantic. I'm Urban Meyer. Oh, okay. That's what happens. And and it, and then the proof of that is look at Alabama prior to Nick Saban. They went through the mics. Oh, Alabama's been good forever since Bear. Oh no, Mike DeBose, Mike uh, Shula, Mike Price, Roll Tide. They were no good, and Alabama wasn't no good. Uh, does Georgia forget they had Ray Goff as head coach? Look, you've got to have the coach. And so one of the things these two programs have lacked over the course of time has been that that truly great coach to come in and take them to the next level. John, I truly appreciate you being a guest on the show. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoy just hearing your sports knowledge and your passion for Atlanta sports and uh, hope to get you back on soon. Anytime, Richard. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and do keep your eyes on what the Hawks do uh, on Thursday morning because it will be interesting. If they don't make a move, don't think it's because they're settling and, oh, they're just okay with what's going on. It just means that they did not get the value that they wanted to get right now prior to the trade deadline, and they will uh, re-examine this when the year is over. Absolutely. 92.9 The Games, John Fricky. Thank you, everybody, for joining tonight and a special episode of the Sports with Richard Holdridge. I hope everybody has a great rest of your night, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey, sports fans. It's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. And welcome once again to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. I'm glad that you are joining me this evening because the week of the Super Bowl, I could not think of a better guest to have on the show. Uh, this guest that I have on the show, I give him a lot of credit for helping me start my podcast four years ago. I was a guest on his podcast called Tennessee Titans Talk, and oddly enough, we have the same exact Super Bowl we had four years ago. Please welcome to the show host of the Tennessee Titans Talk podcast, Nathan Spees. Hey, Richard. Good to be with you. All right. So, Nathan, uh, so four years ago, 
You had me on your podcast because you knew I was a 49ers fan. We were talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 54. Unfortunately, it did not go the 49ers' way. They lose the game 31-20 to after blowing a 20-10 to lead. They had the ball. And now, four years later, here we are again. It's the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 58. And oddly enough, they, they're going to have the same uniforms as Super Bowl 54. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of changes. Uh, I actually think, uh, Nathan, that the defense for the Chiefs is a lot better. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a little bit more seasons. He's, he'd already have two Super Bowls. But I think the big upgrade is the 49ers have a much better quarterback in Brock Purdy compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. Richard, I think that's where we have to start. The narrative is going to be Mahomes and the legacy and already starting uh, where he goes in the canon of history. But I think the chief narrative is, can San Francisco win one? Can Shanahan cement his legacy? Can CMC cement his legacy? They were so close, like you said, four years ago. This is the time. This is the year for them to absolutely win them. I like this improved defense for Kansas City. I love Mahomes, Reed, and all that. But they can beat this team. They have the talent, and this is the time to go do it. We've seen really talented players and coaches just go their entire career and end up just short. And I don't think we're going to see that for Shanahan and CMC and Devo Samuel and others. But this is the time for them to win win. And I think for those of us that follow this sport closely, I think that's the chief narrative. Well, Nathan, as a lifelong San Francisco 49ers fan, I would love for them to win their sixth Super Bowl in franchise history. But I've had some heartbreak in the last 13 years with the Super Bowls the 49ers have been in, the blackout game, obviously down 28-6, to but they did come back. They were so close to winning that. And then four years ago, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. They haven't won one since the 1994 season when Steve Young threw six touchdown passes against the San Diego Chargers. But as a Bay Area sports fan, uh, there's plenty of wealth of riches when it comes to championships in the Bay Area. It's not like it's a depressed city that hasn't won one in over 50 years. I mean, the Warriors won a title a couple of years ago. The Giants won three World Series titles in the early 2010s. As 49ers fans, it would be great for the San Francisco 49ers to stamp their legacy, get their sixth Super Bowl, and tie the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots for the most Super Bowls all time. Yeah, that's big. Also, I I think these things live in a vacuum. I think what the Giants were able to do is amazing, obviously with the Warriors, but um, if John, if 49ers fans don't walk away with a win in a game they feel like they should win Sunday evening – they're not going to be falling back on those Warriors wins. They're they're going to be thinking about 95 and how it's been nearly 30 years since they've won a Super Bowl. They have the talent to win a Super Bowl. They have had the talent. This is, I think, the best team they've had that's made the Super Bowl. This is it. This is the year. I don't think there are, is anything else to fall back on. It's a big-time um, a pundit and a big-time you know, fan of, of San Francisco sports if they win Sunday night, Richard, what's the one thing you're going to walk away and say, are you pretty confident it's going to be? For, for instance, to say that running game is going to have to just just, just really break through or they're going to have to hold this player or that. What's the ingredient? What is it going to take Sunday night specifically for them to get this win they haven't had in 30 years? 
Well, Nathan, I actually think that the 49ers defense, who has played terrible against the Packers and the Lions to get here, they need to get their big stars like Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Chavarius Ward. They need to get their big stars to make a big play, like a strip sack on Patrick Mahomes or an interception, which highly unlikely is going to happen because Patrick Mahomes has been playing lights out up to this point. Although... Uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens had their chances to win those games against mm. Kansas City. Almost certainly. But mm. I do think that the 49ers' defense is going to have to make a play. Uh, we we know that Chris Jones is good for about two or three tips at the line of scrimmage. So good. Uh, I, I will cringe every time Brock Purdy steps back yeah. and he throws and he because he's not tall mm. enough. And Chris no. Jones, which made the difference yeah. in that Super Bowl four years ago, Nathan – with with the I think passes. a lot of really good I think a lot of um people overlook that except folks like you that really follow sports closely last year even especially in the AFC championship game Chris Jones was the difference obviously Mahomes and the game plan Chris Jones is an underrated athlete since prime you'll be you'll be with another team I think next year this guy is really exceptional and he is a bad matchup for Brock Purdy I know that they're going to have a good game plan and solid things. And we see Purdy uh, this season especially have some rocky starts and hang in there, especially NFC Championship. He just hangs in there and he gets better as the game goes on. He's going to have to keep from, you know, because Chris Jones could really cause havoc there. I agree with your earlier point. When we've seen Patrick Mahomes struggle in a game like this, when we've seen him be beat in a Super Bowl, he was absolutely – pressured and they just got after him all game and i think for him if it's close coming down the stretch you're gonna lean patrick mahomes and andy Reid. so what they need to do is get after him early and often that's how you saw tom brady get beaten super bowls they just have you have to get after him can nick bosa and company they have the talent to bring it do they have the scheme are they going to be able to bring it that is absolutely how you beat an all-time great hall of fame caliber quarterback in the super bowl you have to get after him well, I think the key is for the 49ers, they cannot get behind like they did against Detroit and Green Bay. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has got to come up with a scheme, take a lead early, put some pressure off Brock Purdy, run the football with Christian McCaffrey. I do think the Chiefs defense is going to get stops. The 49ers are going to go three and out. The Chiefs defense is really going to be the X factor. And if they hold the 49ers to under 20 points, uh, they got a chance to win this game. Remember, Brock Purdy undefeated when the 49ers score more than 20 points and the over and under is 44 as the 49ers are a slight one and a half point favorite the line started at two and a half in the beginning of the week although the 49ers are the favorites uh, Nathan a lot of people are picking the Chiefs because of that factor it's Patrick Mahomes it's Andy Reid they've been here before this is the team of the 2020s which this is the worst Kansas City Chiefs team that's in the Super Bowl. I, I just want to come out and say that because they don't have a number one receiver. Rashid Rice, he's a rookie. He could be there sometime. Kadarius Toney drops too many passes. I mean, I think he's the X factor. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's a good number two. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to rely heavily on Travis Kelsey. and Their offense might start getting predictable, and the 49ers will be able to get stops on defense. I agree that it's the most bland offense Kansas City's brought to a Super Bowl, but I think it's the best defense they've brought to a Super Bowl. I've been really impressed with oh, some no of your players, especially in the defensive backfield. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a bit of a 
a ho-hum win, but they did the same thing last year. And I do think their offense was better last year, but they didn't have Tyreek Hill last year, and they managed to win. This team reminds me a lot of the 2006 uh, Colts team that won a Super Bowl. Uh, they didn't look; they had looked best and better in previous years, but their defense came together. They were more bend don't break. This uh, McDuffie and company—they're more talented. Um, you know, I, this is the year for San Francisco. They can beat this team. Vegas and or the smart money is coming in. We're neither one of us are gamblers, but it seems like the smart money is coming on Kansas City because there is a lot of have you been there. There's just so much uh, nuance to this game specifically. All the people watching, all the things that go on the week, the two weeks before the game, that there is an advantage to experience here. But San Francisco has uh, – they have history. They have experience in big games. Um, I don't know. For me, I, I lean San Francisco, but nothing would surprise me. It is going to be a great matchup. I actually look back to the Super Bowl last year between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Remember, it was 35-35. The Eagles did have a double-digit lead. Both Super Bowl wins by the Kansas City Chiefs. They have trailed by double digits. You can never count out this team, but they haven't blown anybody out in the Super Bowl. They remind me of the Patriots in the 2000s where they were winning very close Super Bowls. I don't expect a blowout. I think this is going to be a one-possession game going into the fourth quarter. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be an incredible game. If you're just a casual football fan, this is really the Super Bowl matchup that you want to see. I know that a lot of people wanted to see the Ravens and the Lions, and we've already seen this four years ago. But I think that this is the deserving Super Bowl we get because it's good football. Yeah, it is. But the 49ers have really been been the class of the NFC the last couple of years, making it to the NFC Championship for uh, three years in a row, four out of the last five. The Chiefs making it to six conference championships every time Patrick Mahomes starts a full season. I mean, this is the matchup we want to see. Oh, absolutely. I think the uh, although these teams played four years ago, and there would be a little, we think at this point, a little Kansas City Chiefs fatigue, oh, Taylor Swift dynamic of that blows out of the water. I think nationally the non-sports fan wanted to see them in this game so you have that and I'll, and then you have Brock Purdy four years ago Brock Purdy was at Iowa State so I think he personifies what people really love about sports as a guy that may not look the part and did not have the pedigree is there in the biggest stage uh, in American sports so no there's tons to root for this game this is not a boring rematch uh, those are the two big bylines for me and I think Ryan Shanahan has a chance to get in that next echelon of coaches. And I think it's going to take, you know, a win Sunday. So I think to me, like I said earlier, that's the big narrative. And that's what's got me excited to watch that and the commercials. Absolutely. I've already been watching some of the commercials on YouTube. I <laughs> kind oh, of yeah. been cheating, <laughs> but uh, I oh, can't yeah. wait. I've got a graph. You know me, Richard. I'm, <laughs> I'm grading them. I love it, man. I love it. Oh, I can't wait for the commercials. It's going to be funny. Some of the movie trailers, my kids are getting excited about Despicable Me 4. Um, yeah, but also, and Usher, uh, Usher performing at halftime. I mean, this. we were at Freed Harmon 20 years ago. I mean, we remember yeah. when... Usher, you know, I was playing Usher on 91.5 when I was the rock DJ in the evenings. I mean, so it really is. He's a big deal then. He's about our age, and he grew up uh, his early years in Chattanooga. I've always liked Usher, and I think he's – I saw a a profile on him on CBS Sunday Morning. He's really prepared – been in Vegas preparing. He spends uh, most of his time in Vegas now doing a a show out there, and 
People rave about it. I think Lady Gaga several years ago raised the bar for the actual performance. Instead of just running out there and dancing around, more like yeah. Prince did uh, 15 years ago, Michael Jackson did 30 years ago. It's a, it's a, it's an eight or nine minute opportunity to really put on a show, the pyrotechnics and everything. And I, and I hope we see Usher, you know, uh, meet that same standard. Cause I think he's got the talent. So it'd be fun to see. He does have a lot of hit songs, uh, more than likely. There's no question. He's going to play. Yeah. And Ludacris and Lil John is going to join him. It's the 20 year anniversary of probably one of the greatest songs of all time. I mean, yeah, I mean, can, can we uh, easily say that? Well, you know, people do the prop bets, and I don't care much for that stuff, but the big prop bets nah, will come out to, yeah, it seems obvious, right? That he'll come out to, yeah, but, I mean, what's more appropriate than in the Super Bowl than, yeah, but we'll see, Richard. <laughs> anyway, looking forward to the matchup. Uh, I really, I look back at the time that I was a guest on your podcast, Tennessee Titans Talk, and by the way, uh, Nathan, Tennessee Titans had a, had a very tough year. Uh, they have a new coach, uh, uh, Brian Callahan, the the OC of the Cincinnati Bengals. The Mike Vrabel years are over. Um, I know uh, Will Levis, Malik Henry, or oh Malik Willis, rather. I keep saying Malik Henry. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, they they got their turmoil. It, it does did Derrick Henry play his last game as a Tennessee Titan? Probably. I think Derrick Henry is going to uh, try to solidify his uh, Hall of Fame resume, and I, I think the Titans are unfortunately going to move forward. I think he's got some good football left in him. I think he's an all-time great. He rushed in 2022 for 1,500 yards on a really bad team with a really bad offensive line. There was more of the same this year. Um, but a lot of people in Nashville, Richard, are excited about Brian Callahan, and they're excited about Bill Callahan being the offensive line coach. They're excited about oh, that's right. having the pick. In this draft, uh, Bill Callahan is known and wide in circles as one of the great offensive line coaches to ever live. He did a, a great job in Cleveland um, in this past year, and we were worried that he wasn't going to be able to get out of that contract unless he became our offensive coordinator. It worked out. He's uh, headed to Nashville. Um, it's been a rough couple of years. Um, people are excited about Brian Callahan. He's a young, offensive-minded guy. Will Levis, they need to protect him, and he needs to protect himself. They need to build – an offensive line. They, it needs to be the priority. They absolutely need to pick. I, I don't like need picks. They have got to identify a guy at seven that they want. Uh, people in Nashville mostly are praying that Joe Alt, uh, still just 20-year-old uh, left tackle for Notre Dame, uh, whose dad is a Hall of Fame player. People are really hoping that he becomes a Nashvilleian in, in, in late April. Nathan, this used to be a very winnable division when the Texans were bad, when the Colts were just – Psych recycling through quarterbacks, and and now this could be one of the most competitive divisions going into twenty twenty four with Trevor Lawrence at Jacksonville. You got D'Amico Ryan's and C.J. Stroud in Houston, yeah. and then Indy Anthony Richardson's coming back from that injury, and uh, I like what Shane Steichen is doing, and really that's the difference of why the the Eagles just continue to regress because I thought that Shane Steichen was the reason why the Eagles were so dynamic and they were able to win the, get to the Super Bowl last year. A lot of people could not um, shake that. They thought that Steichen, you see somebody's value when they leave, it could be a coincidence, but they could not figure it out in the back half of this season. And Steichen took a team and got it all the wins from that talent that he possibly could. I was super impressed. And when they lost Richardson, they hung in there. I'm not a Colts fan by any measure, but I'm, a, I'm a, an admirer of Steichen. I wasn't sure about him and that, but he was a, 
it seems like he might have been the backbone of that coaching staff in Philly in 2022 because they fell apart down the stretch. I'm uh, speaking with Nathan Spees. He is a host of a podcast called Tennessee Titans Talk and does a great job with that. And uh, let's talk about like how you got started into the podcasting business because really I owe you a lot of credit for getting my start into podcasting. Uh, when did you first start doing Tennessee Titans Talk and, and where, uh, like, where did it go from uh, where it is now? Well, we started about a year before you did, and I have some friends. I, I'm a uh, Titan season ticket holder, and we spend so much time, uh, me and two other guys uh, predominantly, so much time talking about our Titans. Uh, we've gone to uh, NFL drafts in different cities, and we just had a lot of fun going to road games, going to all the home games, tailgating. Uh, we talked so much about it that uh, we thought, we got to do a podcast. It was really an, an uh, emerging uh, sort of entity people were listening to podcasts and I just broke down Richard and tried to figure out how to do it I really didn't know uh, how to do it and we started we were not great and uh, then I started identifying people um, you know that I thought would be great at it and you know Richard you're, you're at the top of that list so that's how that came about I want to get you on the show and then I thought Richard could definitely do this way better than I could so that's what we've seen in the encompassing years so that's been really fun but as far as where we've gone, we it's been so surprising. We've had, uh, you know, about 90,000 listens over the years. And uh, we've just – people love football. And we, ha we have a lot of passion around the NFL draft, especially. And uh, my two counterparts, they, um, they're passionate for sure. It can be a little negative and uh, a little tough on our coaching staff. But um, it's just been a lot of fun. It's a great way to interact with people that you like most. And why we have – heard from a lot of people that listen to our podcast. We meet people and people reach out to us. And that's probably the funnest part, just the community of it. Well, I will never forget four years ago, it was like a Saturday afternoon that you and I had a remote like workshop session on, on yeah. how to, the ins and outs of creating a podcast and you showed me some things and you showed me how to edit the audio, to export it, to put it on the platform and, I thank you so much just for taking time and and allowing that and also giving me the podcast equipment to keep me successful. And I, I really appreciate just your your generosity and your gratitude toward really just helping me elevate my podcasting career. And and I, I just owe you a debt of gratitude. You, you'll be forever linked to you know the start of the sports beat, which is approaching my eight hundredth episode. I've been doing it nice. for four years and I thank wow. you so much, Nathan. Anytime. I think the best is yet to come for you and your uh, your broadcasting career. It's really fun to listen to you, Richard. Absolutely. I'm excited about the Super Bowl, and uh, hopefully you know, we can have uh, talk about a 49ers win and uh, looking forward to uh, trying to get you back on the show sometime. And uh, definitely uh, good luck this upcoming season for the Tennessee Titans. And uh, before I let you go, just tell everybody how they can listen to your podcast. Tennessee, Tennessee Titans Talk is available on everywhere, on iTunes and um, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, I also do a pop culture podcast with our mutual friend, Rylan Cox. We do that uh, usually on Sundays. It's called Filmsy, F-I-L-M-S-Y. Ooh, I'll and, have to check uh, that out. So you guys can find me anywhere that, uh, that you can find a podcast. You can find us. Thanks. All right. I appreciate that. It is Nathan Spees. He's a host of a podcast called Tennessee Titans Talk. 
And we had a great time just catching up and just appreciate everything that he does. Well, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, everybody, for watching us on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Don't forget, you can download the Sports Beat with Richard Holders on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. And we are also broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM out of Noonan, Georgia, from 2 to 3, Monday through Friday. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Christman. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Home of Southern Sports and Talk. Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times best-selling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. You've been listening 
listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.